All right, this is Fed, and uh, it is Thursday, January 26, 2023. Uh, by the way, welcome to Baby Blue Viper. I hope you've had a fantastic day so far. I know I have. I'm not going to go into all the details of what I did and uh, what I didn't do. Uh, I'll just say that I did a lot. And of course, there's a lot that I didn't do as well. That's just kind of the way it is. It's similar to eternity, while at the same time being completely different. Um, yeah, so yeah. So that's like a little recap right there of life. Um, well, you know, we could stop right here, uh, but there's really nothing you know that hasn't been said right there, um, except for everything, right? Well, almost everything, that is. Let's not get carried away. Uh, point is, it is Thursday, uh, January 26, 2023. And, uh, you know, congrats. Yeah, congrats to us, the ones that made it over the hump. Uh, that would be the hump of Wednesday. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of us didn't make it. Just as I suspected, a lot of us did not make it. And, uh, you know, we won't forget you. Well, let's be honest. We'll forget a lot of you. Uh, however, uh, we're going to try not to forget all of you. Uh, it's just, yeah, that's just what it is. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, before, you know, we get uh, carried away here, um, we have a lot to cover today. So hopefully we get to you know, at least 40% of what we have to cover, even though I think that even might be uh, too ambitious. Um, so let's just start, you know, nice and easy. You know, we'll, you know, uh, slowly, you know, shift our way into gear. Um, and the uh, point is, price of Bitcoin at this very moment in space and time is 23065 USD. And the block height is 773750. And of course, one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. That's just the way it is. And the way it'll always be. Um, speaking of, I'm going to my book here. In my book, I see, well, if I squint, right? Because the day's already been crossed off. But if I squint, by the way, if you want to hear the crossing off, please refer to the previous episode. Bear in mind that it is in Spanish. Point is, if I squint, uh, I can see that we have or we had, depending how you look at it, depending on, you know, your perspective, uh, 796 days left. Yeah. So that's that. And speaking of days left, and before we go to the... To the news, uh, before we go, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, resuming our discussion on demons, I believe today's part 10. Let's go. Um, before we do all that, um, and before I actually, I do have an update, uh, you know, quite a bit of things to talk about. Where do we start? I think we've already started. We just need to keep going, right? Uh, I do have an update on that or uh, something else. Uh, so first, let's just take it easy. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing a salmon red t-shirt right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a white border at the bottom of the t-shirt. 
Also, I've got on black uh, active wear gym pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, very different, I would say, than uh, sweatpants, though there are similarities, um, as in that you can do a lot of the same activities, but definitely not all of the same activities, okay? Different material, different fit. Um, point is, I'm not wearing any socks. I'm sitting cross-legged on the bed. I've got a pillow behind my lower back. The blinds are down on the French window, so I cannot see out into Spain, though Spain is all around me as I am in Spain at the moment. See how that works? Speaking of Spain, um, you know, I did do a lot of things in Spain today, obviously, because I'm in Spain. I wasn't always in Spain, as you know, though it may seem now that I have been in Spain for a while. That's just the way it goes, too. Once you you know, start to, you know, live somewhere, uh, wherever that, you know, place is, eventually you're living there. And then, you know, uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that your history, your interactions become more and more, you know, a part of the culture that you find yourself in so that you really begin to, you know, transform from the outside in or perhaps from the inside out. Perhaps it's the same thing at the same time point is, um, you know, uh, everything's blending together, uh, you know, reality, which we'll be covering in, uh, you know, more depth here, um, is, uh, you know, it is what it's always been. However, at the same time, it's changing as I am changing as I've been in Spain since the summer of 2022. So what is it going on? Probably about seven months now, you know, somewhere about seven months. Um, as to, I'm not going to go into all the details today, we'll probably do an episode where we just really dive into, you know, transformations, uh, blending, evolution, assimilation, um, the whole, you know, cosmos. Um, point is that we got all that going on here, uh, and a lot more. Um, so, uh, what did I do? Uh, you know, well, uh, took out, you know, the, you know, did a, some exercise this morning. Let's, why don't we start there? I did some exercise this morning, worked up quite a bit of a sweat, felt great. Uh, after which, uh, uh, you know, had to take out the dog, uh, took the dog out on a good walk uphill, uh, for most of that. And by the way, as you know, perhaps if you you don't know if you're uh, you know a new listener here, by the way, welcome. Um, however, um, you know, uh, high five to all the long uh, time listeners. So don't get too excited if you're new. Um, you've got a lot to learn. Um, so point is uh, that uh, German Shepherd, as you know, and uh, okay, yeah, here's the update. Um, well, let's let's start with first. Okay, what we know for sure, um, which is uh, he is two and a half years old, male, uh, black and tan, uh, intact. Uh, so uh, that's what we know. Okay, so I made calls, as you know. There were um, I'm trying to find his exact lineage. Um, as you may or may not know, depending on how well you've been paying attention, uh, you know the German Shepherd breed has um, various um, uh, lineages as well as sub-variants. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to, you know, nail down um, uh, Rioja's, uh, that's his name, Rioja, like the Spanish red wine. It's also a region in Spain. 
um, uh, point being that um, you know we're trying to nail down his pedigree in order to uh, breed him, uh, and uh, we would like to breed him while we're in Spain as well because uh, we brought him to Spain. Um, so the point being is that the update. So um, you know there were some. Um, questions as to his lineage as to perhaps if he was a sub variant of a german shepherd uh known as the eastern uh, european shepherd which you know without going into all the details here because we've got things to cover um um you know uh at some point the soviets uh like before world war ii um started uh you know taking some of the german shepherds over into first into ukraine and then into uh, pretty much all of Russia and all of the former Soviet Union. Um, and uh, also the KGB did a lot of, um, uh, they, had, they had a lot of breeding programs with the dog. Um, so uh, pretty much um, trying to breed out any kind of defects. Specifically, um, if you know, German Shepherds can at times have some defects in terms of their, uh, their backs um, and their hips. Um, you've probably seen them, some of the of the pictures. Uh, you know, sometimes they slope. The back slopes way too much. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, my dog doesn't have that problem because um, uh, he, the, the defect seems to have been bred out. Um, so that's why he's very strong um, and he's got a very straight back, which is at times is what made us suspicious of if he was you know, uh, you know, what kind of German shepherd he was, because um, a lot of German shepherds don't have that straight back. Um, so he does look a lot like the Eastern European shepherd, which is a sub-variant of the German shepherd. However, he could also be a DDR, and this is where it gets very nebulous, because the DDR is similar to the Eastern European shepherd. However, the DDR, um, you know, specifically refers, well, the, um, the DDR is the former name, uh, or or I guess is the name of uh, what was formerly East Germany. Um, it stands for, it's either Deutsche Demokratik Republic or Demokratik Deutsch Republic. It is a Deutsch Demokratisch Republic, DDR. Uh, and so they had a lot of uh, German shepherds there um, working as, um, well, you know, in a lot of different capacities. But, uh, you know, mainly also um, on the borders uh, where the wall was. They were actually on both sides of the wall um, in the East Germany and West Germany, uh, as well as in the U.S. They were actually brought over to the U.S. before uh, World War II, uh, in case you were wondering. I know some people, uh, um, you know, think of the German Shepherd as being, you know, like... Uh, the equated with the with the Nazis, um, and you know there's points to this. The Nazis did use the German Shepherd. Uh, they'd use the German Shepherd uh, in a lot of different capacities. However, the Allies also used uh, German Shepherds because they are a fantastic dog. So um, the Allies used the German Shepherds. Uh, the Nazis used the German Shepherd, and then uh, you know later on um, uh, the Soviets would uh, you know keep on. Uh, uh, using and breeding the German Shepherds. Uh, point is that we're really trying to get a read exactly on um, you know the pedigree of Rioja, and so I had to make some calls. As you know, I've been you know uh, trying to 
you know, figure this out, and I ended up making some calls to, I had to make some calls to Arkansas, uh, there's some people in Arkansas that I had to talk to, uh, just to get some info, and I had to talk to some people in, uh, in Pennsylvania as well, and, um, I also, you know, attempted, uh, you know, to talk to some people in Indiana, however, uh, they were deceased, so, uh, yeah, uh, so, point is, though, that made some calls, and, um, you know, we're getting somewhere, we're definitely getting somewhere, the pedigree, uh, is actually, uh, on its way now to Spain, it's in a sealed envelope, it is on its way to Spain, so, um, once the pedigree gets here, uh, you know, definitely we'll have an answer, so we're definitely getting somewhere, that's what it's all about. This is really, um, you know, a life lesson for all of us. Um, you just got to keep at it. You know, persistence pays off. Um, and yeah, persistent pay. It's just what it is. Persistence pays off. Um, so yeah, so that's the update is that the pedigree is on its way. Uh, we'll find out if he is, uh, you know, one of the, you know, if he's a DDR. This is what he looks like. He looks like he's either a DDR or he could be the sub-variant, the uh, Eastern European Shepherd. Um, it's re or he could, I guess, just uh, not be either of, of those two and be a different, um, you know, lineage of German Shepherd. Um, so, yeah, we will find out uh, what's going on here. Um, yeah, so that's the update. Um, by the way, I'm drinking a delicious beverage out of a glass. It's a red beverage. It's absolutely great. I also... Before I forget, I taught a yoga class uh, uh, today. Um, uh, you know, uh, I've been saying it for a while here, all about yoga. Uh, I highly recommend that you know you integrate some yoga into your uh, you know into your lifestyle, right? Into your exercise routine, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be your primary exercise. In fact, I, I would actually suggest that that it, um, it shouldn't be your primary. Uh, I would you know leave it as a secondary um, or you know, or, or just, you know, maybe once a week, I uh, just do it, basically, just do it, uh, just get some yoga in there as well, uh, obviously cardio, um, uh, and uh, as in terms of weights, um, yeah, it's probably good too, I need to actually do some more weights, uh, I've been doing strictly body weight exercises here for a, for a while, um, I'm loving it, I'm really loving it, because you can actually do a lot with body weight exercise uh if you have a good uh you know solid routine going on um so definitely you know check that out however at some point i should probably you know uh get some um get some weights or getting uh you know uh you know what i'm trying to say here the point is yeah that uh, we all have work to do and that's what it's all about we're all on this you know in this journey together right and uh, at least some of us are and if you're not part of that then i don't know what to tell you stop listening and go do whatever you want to do um, you know, uh, so yeah, so yeah, 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 so just a little bit of an update, a little bit of a recap of reality, you know, the things that are, the things that seem on this Thursday, January 26, 2023, hope you're having a fantastic day, wherever you are, um, yes, guys, there's a lot that, you know, I want to cover today, I just don't have that much time, don't have that much time, so let's just go right to the news, um, before... You know, we get caught up 
something else from CNBC. Ukraine war live updates. Zelensky defiant as Russia unleashes massive missile strike. U.S. sanctions Russian mercenary group. I'm assuming, or I'm guessing, I shouldn't assume. I'm guessing that would be the, the Wagner uh, mercenary group. From Fox News, Russia reacts to U.S. Germany tank deliveries to Ukraine. Direct involvement in the conflict. Yeah, I have heard um, that um, that the U.S. is uh, has uh, now promised, it seems, to send uh, 31 Abram, Abrams tanks. Um, it looks like... Uh, it looks like uh, the UK is going to send, I don't know how many, uh, challengers. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, Germany is going to be sending the leopards, right? I think that's what the deal is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the US is sending the, the M1A2 Abrams, um, which are supposed to be the, um, the, the best tanks in the world, uh, according to, uh, military ex, uh, experts. Uh, however, um, it is worth noting that even though um, uh, the Abrams uh, are considered um, the best in the world, um, they may not be uh, the best for Ukraine is also what I've heard um, as to why. Uh, well, let's try to break it down um, if time allows. So the, and uh, I'm, you know, uh, let's just make sure that, uh, and this is very clear, I'm not a military expert, okay? So this is, I'm just going off what I've read, you know, here and there. So I don't have all the info and I'm no military expert. However, what I have heard is that the Abrams tank, best in the world, um, however, very, I mean, compared to the Leopard, let's put it this way, compared to the Leopard, um, which, if I'm not mistaken, is um, fabricated in Europe, it's what uh, most of the... Uh, NATO uh, countries in Europe have, um, including Spain, uh, Spain and Germany, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm sure other countries have it. I just heard that uh, Spain has them as well, though I think they have the Leopard 1 uh, and the Leopard 2 is what Ukraine is really requesting, which I think is what Germany is going to be giving. I think obviously Poland probably has um, perhaps the Leopard 2. I don't know if it's a Leopard 2 or Leopard 1 for Poland. Point is um, that Ukraine Ukraine is actually uh, requesting the leopards. Um, okay, so why is is uh, Ukraine um, uh, more eager to have uh, leopards than uh, the Abrams tank? If the Abrams tank is the the best in the world, and of course, then there is the Challenger. Uh, I don't like I said, I'm not a military expert. I don't know exactly where the Challenger ranks uh, in terms of the leopard and um, the Abrams. However, uh, uh, Abrams, uh, best tank in the world. Uh, why doesn't Ukraine uh, want a lot of these? Uh, why are they, uh, you know, requesting the leopards? Because from what I've gathered here is that the uh, leopard is much easier uh, to use, basically. It's much easier to use and it's much easier uh, to maintain. Uh, those would be the highlights. It's a very, and it's a very all around, it's a very solid vehicle. Okay. And when I say solid, I mean, um, for its, um, purpose, uh, as in, uh, from what I've heard, uh, the three real, um, uh, ways to categorize tanks are, um, in terms of their, uh, you know, uh, protecting ability, uh, you know, for the, the crew inside, um, for their, uh, firepower, that would be the cannon, and uh, three uh, for their speed, 
Okay, so those are the three um, uh, things that you assess uh, a tank's capabilities on. And, and um, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a given tank, uh, excuse me, not a given tank, uh, I, though we are uh, now, uh, the West seems to be giving tanks. So how's that one? Look at that. Um, but a given tank, given give and take, Jesus Christ, a give and take. Uh, between those three components because um, obviously if you want to protect the crew inside um, uh, more protection right more metal is heavier and that obviously decreases uh, almost you know usually will decrease your speed right or your your uh, how fast you can go right because you're heavier same thing with the cannon um, you know the very uh, you know uh, a lot of firepower usually weighs more too so right so that'll decrease your speed and so on and so forth. Uh, more speed, a less protection, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Um, but the Leopard is um, regarded as a very uh, well, um, it's just an all-around, you know, in all those three attributes, it's a good tank. But more importantly, it is uh, uh, very easy to, to use. So the Ukrainians wouldn't, uh, they could be up and running is what I've gathered here. Um, as soon as they get the tanks, they can be up and running and um, know how to use them uh, in as soon as one to two weeks, and they should be able to be out in the field. So that's uh, the turnaround. There is you know quite fast. So so it's very easy to use and uh, it's very easy to ma to maintain out in the field. Um, this is why it seems that um, that's what they're asking for. And it makes sense. Uh, whereas the Abrams, which is supposed to be just the best tank in the world in regards to all three of those uh, components or, or whatever attributes. However, uh, apparently uh, it runs on, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's some kind of jet fuel. It's got a, it's got a huge turbine engine. Um, so um, it sounds completely different than the, uh, than the Leopard. Yeah, it's got a turbine engine. Um, and um, I mean, the, it, it's fast. I mean, it is fast. So, and it also uses a ton of fuel. A ton of fuel is what I've heard that the Abrams uses. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's got a turbine engine. Uh, what do you expect? Um, jet fuel, apparently. Uh, that might, I might be mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure that I heard jet fuel. Uh, wow. Um, so, I mean, uh, not to mention um, the, the technical expertise and the training required uh, to use those tanks is, um, well, it's not the Leopard, uh, apparently, is what I've heard. So, I mean, um, uh, the Ukrainians, I mean, they're gonna, it's going to take them a while to, to learn how to use those 31 Abrams that are apparently going over there, um, not to mention um, the logistical, I'm not going to say nightmare, but the logistical situation involved now in um, they're going to have to get the fuel, right, for the Abrams. And they're going to have to, apparently it's not easy to maintain out in the field. It's very expensive to maintain. So, I mean, they don't have the, you know, all the uh, the support that goes behind, you know, uh, if the U.S., right, if the U.S. of A. goes and sends tanks, um, you know, with the full support of uh right of the army um you know they're, they're going to have all the logistics and that's why they can use those tanks whereas uh for ukraine um it's i mean you're gonna they're gonna have 31 tanks but are they gonna know how to use those abrams tanks and are they gonna be able to give to get fuel to those tanks and you know not to mention maintain them out there you know it's a very tricky situation because then you're wondering well they're getting all these you're getting tanks now but What's the use if they're not getting the support, 
you know, to use those tanks. Um, that's why they're really asking for the leopards. Um, that was a long-winded response there. Um, so uh, I think we're done with the news because that just covered uh, you know a lot there. Um, yeah. So point is, we're definitely at a strange uh, or an, maybe, perhaps it's a, an inflection point in the war here because we got all these tanks going to Ukraine now. And the interesting thing is that, of course, um, it, what this really shows is a united front um, by NATO um, because you've got, um, you know, uh, different countries all finally agreeing. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, uh, Spain agreed as well. Um, everyone pretty much is on board here um, to, uh, you know, uh, to send tanks to Ukraine. Um, let me just make sure uh, uh, what uh, what Spain decided. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spain confirmed. Uh, yeah, they confirmed yesterday that yeah they'll be they'll be sending the Leopard two. Okay, so Spain does have Leopard twos. Um, According to security and defense researcher Felix Arteaga, I'm, I'm looking at um, UKinform.net. Um, uh, Spain has 108 Leopard 2A4 tanks. The 2A4 is the older standard model for many European countries. And Ukrainian tankers can receive standard training on them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, Okay. Point is, yeah, it looks like um, everyone's sending, um, you know, tanks here. And um, more than anything, this shows Putin that there's a, a united front, um, you know, um, you know, without getting into these terminologies, but, um, you know, NATO, the West, whatever you want to put it, uh, is showing a united front. Um, though it does, it is going to be, it seems to be a logistical, it's going to be a, definitely a, a quagmire for Ukraine to get all these uh you know, uh, you know, parts and, um, you know, tanks, you know, up and running. Um, and the question is, how much do these, are these tanks going to really make a difference is really the question too. I've heard, you know, that, uh, you know, some military experts are saying that they should make a difference, whereas others really aren't that um, uh, optimistic that they're going to make that much of a difference um, uh, sending these amount, this amount of tanks. Um Maybe, maybe not. It seems to be more of a political move, and or and perhaps that's just as important as because it shows Putin that um, yeah, that uh, you know everybody in NATO is on board here against him. Um, so who knows what that means though? Putin's just going to escalate. Um, he always has that nuclear uh, you know uh, card to play. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't play it. Obviously for uh, for the world. Um, anyways, um. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're dealing with. Um, so that's a question. It's uh, is it an inflection point, perhaps, in the war? It's definitely something that uh, you know that there's so many uh, countries sending tanks. Uh, we'll see if it actually makes any kind of difference, um, or if it's you know kind of like a morale uh, boost uh, to Ukraine, or or what the deal is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to you know to be to be you know keeping an eye out. At. Of course, some people are just saying that it's just going to fuel the uh, military-industrial complex because um, you know uh, 
Ukraine's just uh, going to be ends up paying, if I'm not mistaken, uh, paying the U.S. for these tanks um, that they're uh, though they get the European tanks for free or something, and which is which is why actually the uh, Europe's a little bit uh, 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 not happy about that deal, and then the. You know, apparently some people are also saying that the Abrams are um, or that some of the I don't know about the Abrams, but the Bradleys that were sent over were kind of like some junk Bradleys for the U.S. I don't know if that's true, but somebody uh, was saying was saying that um, and that, uh, you know, this would just, uh, you know, with this new money that they, the U.S. can just, uh, you know, make more. Uh, you know, make more uh, make more weapons and that it's kind of really a win for the military industrial complex, probably probably um yeah because you know there's going to be able to write off these abrams as well and send them to ukraine we got to make some more you know kind of deal um so we're going to have to have a, a bigger budget um probably probably uh however does that make it a bad idea uh, to show a united front uh, i don't know this is where it all gets tricky does it not answer is yes it's tricky um however uh Maybe it is a good idea to show a united front um, against Russia. However, maybe it's not. Um, it's tricky, though. It's definitely tricky because we don't want to feed, you know, we don't want more war. We don't want more war. However, there are limits. That's true. There are limits. We don't want more war, but there are limits. And sometimes war is necessary to, uh, well, to, uh, you know, keep those, uh, you know, limits uh you know, there to enforce those limits. So, you know, war does unfortunately have its, uh, have its place in the human experience. And, um, that is what it is. So the question is, is more well, the whole idea of a just war. It's something we are, you know, um, you know, beginning to analyze in Spanish language podcast that we haven't uh, gotten to, uh, really that far into it but um you know it's an ethical question too or there is there such thing as a just war yeah maybe yes maybe no uh point is we do have to talk about demons that were running really long on time today oh my god what is going on one of those days yeah you know what i mean um okay let's just yeah, let's just, you know, briefly try to get some something in here. You know, real briefly, uh, you know, let's, let's take a look at uh, Manichaeism. Uh, you know, Wikipedia helping us out here. Manichaeism was a major religion uh, found in the 3rd century AD by the Parthian prophet Mani. 216-274 AD in the Sasian Empire. One of its key concepts is the doctrine of two principles in three moments. Two principles in three moments. Hello. Uh, accordingly, the world could be described as a resulting from a past moment in which two principles, good and evil, were separate. A contemporary moment in which both principles are mixed due to an assault of the world of, the world of darkness on the realm of light in a future moment when both principles are distinct forever. Thus, evil and demons played a significant role within the Manichaean teachings. There are numberless designations for various groups of demonic entities in Manichaean cosmology. The general term used for the beings of the world of darkness is uh, Dewey. Div. Before the demons attack the realm of light, they have been in constant battle and intercourse against each other. It is only in the realm of darkness demons are described in their physical form. After their assault on the world above, they have been overcome by the living spirit and imprisoned in the structure of the world. From that point onwards, they impact humans' ethical life and appear as personified ethical qualities, mostly greed, envy, grief, and wrath. <laughs> 
desire for destruction. Ibn al-Jawazi, in his work Tabilis Ibis, Devil's Delusion, credits the Manichaeans with believing that each light and darkness, God and the devil, consist of four bodies and one spirit. The bodies of light, God, referred to as angels, while the bodies of darkness, devil, were referred to as Ifrits. Light and darkness would, would multiply by angels and demons, respectively. In the book of Giants, uh, we have analyzed this book before, actually. If you go to I don't know if it was part one or two or three. One of the uh, canonical seven trees, he's also known from Jewish intertestimonial uh, literature. The Gregory, oh, remember that? Beget giant, remember them? Beget giant half-demon offspring with uh, human women. In the Middle Persian version of the book of Giants, they're referred to as Kiv, or in the Coptic Kepalaya as Gigas. In accordance with some interpretations of Genesis 6, 1, 4, the giant offspring became the ancient tyrannic rulers over mankind until overthrown by the angels of punishment. Nonetheless, these demons are still active in the microcosm, such as Ease and Aswagi. Views and stars, Abertiti, are mixed. On one hand, they are regarded as light particles of the world, soul fixed in the sky. On the other hand, stars are identified with powers hindering the soul from leaving the material world. The third messenger, Jesus, is said to have chained up demons in the sky. Their offspring, the Nephilim, do you remember the Nephilim or Arrestria, Asculin and Nebra in particular play instrumental roles in the creation of Adam and Eve. According to Manichaeism, the Watchers, known as angels in Jewish lore, remember the Watchers, are not considered angels but demons. Are not considered angels but demons. Okay. I do want to, you know, later get into, you know, possibly the, the two principles in three moments. Oh, that's, you know, fascinating right there. Uh, however, maybe not. Point is, I do want to, you know, get in for a second, you know, and wrap up today with some semantics. Um, in mathematical logic, there are two quantifiers, some and all, though as Brentano, 1838 to 1917, pointed out, we can make do with just one quantifier and negation. The first of these quantifiers, some, is also expressed as there exists. Thus, in the sentence, there exists a man, the term man is asserted to be part of existence, but we can also assert there exists a triangle. Is a triangle an abstract idea, part of existence, in the same way that a man, a physical body, is part of existence? Do abstractions such as goodness, blindness, and virtue exist in the same sense that chairs, tables, and houses exist? What categories or kinds of thing can be the subject or the predicate of a proposition? Moreover, does existence exist? Okay, so we're going to stop right there, you know, and let's think about all these things and everything else and have a fantastic rest of your day.